Welcome to Live Your Life with uh, Purpose Podcast. Certainly excited to have you on. Uh, like we were just kind of talking about, there's a lot of, uh, I think, fun stuff that you do that I'm really excited to kind of talk about as I begin to explore a lot of these different things for myself. And uh, and we'll kind of go from there. So now you're co-owner uh, of CrossFit Wingman Wingman Fitness. Uh, so maybe just kind of tell, uh, tell who's ever listening out there a little bit about uh, that business for you. Sure. Uh, so Wingman Fitness is kind of a, um, a branch off of CrossFit Wingman. CrossFit Wingman is like the headquarters uh, yeah. in Agawam. And we opened up, what, 2014? Yeah. End of 2014. Um, it was kind of an amazing story. You know, Tom and I, through a mutual friend, they were like, you you both kind of want to open a shop. You should go sit down, have a meeting. We, we scheduled a, a coffee meeting at Starbucks yeah. and we sat down for a coffee that turned into, and <laughs> 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 we're three hours later, I'm getting messages on my phone. Like, Hey, uh, you okay? <laughs> him and I are still sitting down having coffee talking and we we kind of we kind of knew it was um going to turn into a thing from there but that's great um, that's great that yeah. uh that you guys were able to kind of get connected in that way to really open up uh, uh a great establishment over there yeah it's been a blast ever since and and you know you hear a lot of horror stories about business partners and things like that but i mean it's it's like we're a married old couple. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And so now has has fitness, you know, how long has fitness been a part of your life? Was it always a part of your life? How did that discipline kind of, um, oh. you know, kind of come in for you? You know, fitness was a tough one for me. I It's funny. I was talking about this the other day. Um, Fitness itself was something that wasn't really a part of my life. I, I, athleticism and fitness, like I put them in two different realms. When I was younger, I always kind of looked at the people that spent a lot of time in the gym in, in a negative light. It was very interesting. Mm. And the, I think there were, there were a lot of people around me that kind of poked fun at it and stuff like that. But it's so strange because... I got into, you know, hockey and karate, which are a little, they're athletics, right? Yeah. Self-defense, athletics, that kind of stuff. And that was at a really, really young age, played a lot of sports, um, did some cross country in middle school, hockey, wrestling, basketball, tennis, volleyball, football, like yeah. played a whole bunch of sports, had a blast, um, got used to putting it into my schedule at that time and then went to college <laughs> got into business and well you don't have sports as an adult sure and one of the most interesting thoughts I think I had had uh, a little bit later getting back into fitness was you know how how failed by sports I felt in that moment Hmm. because I wanted to go play, but it was all beer leagues 
and nothing that would, you know, keep me healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and I, it's like that as an adult. It's not like you can get out of work and go play. And I think a lot of people fall into that realm, right? Like I played sports, you know, almost all my life uh, up until, you know, college. Uh, and then at that point, you get into the real world and all of that stops. And so right. if you don't have regular training or if you don't like you don't have any of that in your life anymore, all of a sudden, you start to gain weight, you, you know, it, it becomes a, a challenge to do more and more. And the less and less you do, the less and less you really want to do, right? I mean, right. Yes. And, and you continue to adapt to doing less. Yeah. And so I was falling into that, you know, that same trap. Um, I had gained a bunch of weight and I, I wasn't playing the blame game or anything. Like I knew where the weight was coming from, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. And I think everybody gets to that point too. It's like, I know I need to do something, but what mm -hmm. do I do? So, you know, joined a gym, started playing racquetball because I wanted to play. And that didn't really, like I had a, I had a blast it was... and it was, it wasn't until I want to say 08. Yeah, 2008, I started I actually signed up to get into the military mm. and it was right around the same time. Like I was going through some transitions. I was changing jobs. I didn't like, I mean, I loved what I was doing, but I didn't like what it was doing to my life. Sure. And so I started looking at how I could make changes. And it's funny. I wanted to get back into the sciences mm. because I, you know, I, I was going to school for chemistry when I was in college. It was always a really big interest of mine. And I was like, you know, I want to get back into the sciences at the point, at that point, I was like running stores and, and doing the general manager thing. And mm -hmm. I mean, I really enjoyed what I did, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't supporting the rest of my life in, sure. in a positive way. So yeah. I wasn't living the life I wanted to live. Right. <laughs> No, and that's important, right? Because all of a sudden, I think a lot of people find themselves in that same scenario. And then you get to a point where you're just like, well, there's nothing that I can do about it now. So I'm just gonna, I'm here. And then right. we, you know, we kind of just sit in this existence, which is really no fun for anybody. 100% agree. And that's exactly where I was. And I started looking and this job kept popping up with the military and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I wasn't really thinking about getting into the military this late in the mm -hmm. game, but I owe it to myself to check this out because it, it kept coming up. So I did, I, I checked it out, went and actually signed up. And at that point I'm signing on the dotted line. I'm probably about 20 to 25 pounds down from where I was and now I'm looking forward to this like new existence sure um I think the most interesting thing that I did at that moment was I quit my job mm. so I was going into the military but as a guardsman which means I was going in I was I had to go to basic training and then yep. I had to go to tech school and coming out the other side, 
because I was in the military, you know, they protect your job back home. They Mm -hmm. have to have that waiting for you. And I said to myself, that's not the life I want to return to. So I kind of dangled myself out in the wind and I told them not to hold the job. And I legit quit when I left. So while I was at tech school, I was scrambling to find a job to come home to. (laughs) But there's something about, there's also something about like, okay, knowing that this isn't what I want or knowing that this is what I want to take that step and to say, okay, well, there's no plan B, right? You're just going to jump and, and, and I know that I want to come back to something different. Now it's just up to me to make that happen and, and yeah. find that. Absolutely. So that's yeah. what I did. And phone call after phone call after phone call, it was pure serendipity. I had a month left in my schooling and I made a phone call to the base here in Westfield. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I am literally heading to the meeting right now to try to get funding for the second position. I said, you're going to walk into that meeting and you're going to tell them not only do you need the funding, but you've got the guy. <laughs> and it doesn't work like that, but, but it did. <laughs> so, so yeah that's great uh, yeah that was- no you know and i'm a i'm a i'm a firm believer and i don't know if you are just you know like you said that job kept posting you know kept coming up and you know i am uh you know a believer that there are different you know kind of signs and if you're paying attention you, you know you kind of see different things that you need to pay attention to right because you have this instinct and you have this kind of gut feeling of what you want for yourself. And if you're paying attention, you'll understand that there are opportunities for that. And it's just a matter of kind of taking them and trusting that, you know, at the end of the day, the universe wants everything to work out for you. It's not like anything's coming against you. You know what I mean? And (laughs) you're just going to have to follow some of that. So I guess coming back to actually answer the question, question was about fitness, right? Um, Getting into that position was really the step. Yeah. Um, when I got into that position and getting into the military, um, I was on a personal fitness journey already. And then, you know, the military has some guidelines and whatnot. So I kind of, I geared up to try and shoot mm. for, uh, Warhawk is what they call it, uh, while I was at basic training. And so in that three to four month span, I trained specific to what they were looking for, for basic training. And actually not, I got Warhawk and, uh, top fit in my, um, entire flight. Oh, congratulations. Like That's fantastic. A thousand yeah. people. It was pretty awesome. I was very, yeah. very excited about that. About coming back into <clears throat> the unit and getting that job. Um, that was actually where I started helping people. Mm-hmm. So they had now, put some just, minimums. Just to kind of go back, you know, you, you talked about things don't really work out, but it did. But it oh, also yeah. it also worked out because of what you did while you were there, right? Like, so you weren't just there being this, you know, kind of active participant. You were, you know, working towards this specific thing that you wanted that not only did you want, but you reached, which 
also then allows individuals to kind of say, hey, well, not only do I have a guy, but, you know, we don't want to lose this guy either, you know? And right. do you think that a lot of that discipline, now I know that I'm a big, I've never taken karate or, you know, any martial arts, but do you think a lot of just discipline kind of stemmed from that or just the way that you were brought up? I think I am actually not that disciplined. <laughs> you may I, not think so, but you have to be yeah. somewhat in order to be able to do some of those things, right? Like, I guess I, I think it's more about intent than anything else. Okay. Um, so I, I, I don't know. When I think of discipline, I think of doing things that I don't necessarily want to do. Want to do, but yeah. how much? How much of what I do on a daily basis do I actually want to do? Like, do I want to brush my teeth? <laughs> no, but exactly. I want clean teeth. Exactly. I want so good health. The, so this yeah. is what I do. Right. It's like the intent is to have clean teeth. So I've got to go through the motions and brush my teeth in order to do it. It's not really, you know, there's habit there. There's, I guess yeah. there's discipline there, but it's, uh, it's kind of the same thing. Once I was, once I wanted out of that world, the intent was to create direction out of that world. Yes. And so I started making decisions with that intent. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the discipline is, is, is really in holding true to my personal values and trying and to align the decisions with those values. With those values. Perfect. That's yeah. a great way to put that. Yeah, 100%. And, and if you don't understand what you want out of life, out of the situation, then you never put those parameters in place to then right. achieve those different levels. Totally agree. Yeah. Self-reflection. That was a big, big, big part of uh, figuring a lot of that stuff out. And, you know, sometimes things feel really great and you're moving yeah. in a direction and then suddenly you're like, brakes on, mm. hold on a minute. I'm not where I wanted to be. Yeah. And well, you know, because it's easy to, let's just say you have this goal to eat healthy and you don't define any of those parameters at the end of the week, you're going to reflect back and you're going to be like, if you do reflect at all, you're going to be like, yeah, I think I did a pretty good job. I, I might've made some choices, you know, that I, that I, I wouldn't have if I wasn't thinking about this. And, but at the end of the week, you really haven't done anything differently you know, and you have it in really, you don't have anything to measure against because you never really set any parameters for yourself. And so while goal setting is great, but goal setting combined with reflection is really just the true way to say, okay, if I want that for myself, did I do all that I wanted throughout the week in order to make that happen? Yeah. I, I you know, bringing that up, I actually struggle with the mindset of like, just looking forward mm. it, you you hear a lot of people like oh the past is the past just move forward and i'm like aren't you doomed to repeat the past <laughs> <if you just?" laughs> like you, you gotta reflect on what's happened both good and bad i, I think people forget that yeah it really is uh and for me you know that was i think that was huge in my life so things you know, I had been an athlete for the majority of my life, but I've always been a bigger guy. I mean, I went into my freshman year of high school, you know, six to 190 pounds. And so I was always a, a 
bigger kid. Um, but then afterwards, I kind of just, you know, I never really had a lot of intent or I never really had a lot of passion um, in my life. And so while I enjoyed things, I never really under, you know, gave myself kind of direction and why I wanted these things and that understanding. And so after going through a journey of taking care of my mom, that journey gave me such a, a way of just understanding, you know, why do I do the things that I do? And then pushing through whatever adversity came my way in order to make something happen. Um, and so that's when I started doing all of this forward thinking, reflecting. I had gotten up to 290 pounds. Um, and I was just, I was an unhealthy version of, my, of myself. But that's when I decided that <laughs> I decided I was going to do something significant um, to memorialize what my mom and I had just gone through. So I decided to run a half marathon. And I was the kid in high school that was running my two mile, you know, time trial in the middle of double sessions because I can never make it like that was that was me. I was maybe I was always a lineman. I was fairly quick from here to here, but you know, that was it. And, and, and I was never an endurance type of an individual. Um, I hurt my leg along the way. Uh, I decided to run this half marathon. I gave myself three months. So I did this kind of couch to half marathon. Um, and I was not, I was not, anywhere near <laughs> ready to do it but mentally I was already I already finished it you know um, long story short I did finish it I completely tore up my hip um, my, my leg was my leg wasn't firing for like three days um, and I have a hip I have a total hip replacement because of it <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had arthritic hips to begin with um, but with all of the damage that I did from just poor running and not having the strength to really do it, but really having the will to do it um, was just, it really just, it, uh, it just compounded. So the way that I was running, everything as I was landing was landing on my left side. And so that's where all of the weight just, it took the brunt of it. And so, uh, so yeah, so I have a new hip for that, but I'm still grateful for that journey because that allowed me to understand that whatever I truly want to do and understand why I'm doing it, I can push through so many different aspects. And so having that reflective part and then being like, okay, well, if I'm going to do these crazy things then I better get myself into some shape in order to be able to do them. Right. Yeah. Right. So I know we got off on a <laughs> kind of way from uh um, from just what got you into fitness. But I, I love that aspect, just the fact that there's so many different kind of things that come into play that bring us to kind of where we get to, right? That we don't yeah. always see, you know? And like you were saying, you don't always look to the future, but you still have an idea of what you want to accomplish and you still have some thoughts of, of, of where you want to take yourself. And, and it's nice to be able to, to really move yourself in that direction which is uh, obviously what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess long story short, I uh, gained weight, took a look at myself and said, this is not okay. <laughs> and then started getting fit. <laughs> yeah. 
it's as simple as that, right? <laughs> yeah, it really, it really was. Mm. And, and of course, you know, at the time I, I knew very little. <clears throat> I only knew what I had learned from sports. Mm -hmm. and uh which isn't really a great i mean there's some there are some some good avenues but it's not um you know you work out for a specific kind of sport as you get into like high school and stuff like that instead of working out as an overall athlete right right yeah because there's not a lot of there's not a ton of strength and conditioning in most places, they don't do a very good job, or at least they didn't back then. Like they, mm -hmm. they are getting a little bit better now at getting the kids to do some strength and conditioning outside of the yeah. uh, the field. But uh, back then, there, it just wasn't a lot of that. They didn't take you into the gym and, and do much. They just kind of expected you to figure it out if you were going to do any. Mm -hmm. So kind of kind of left me in a place where I didn't really know how to do a lot and had to figure a lot of it out. And then, uh, yeah. And so <laughs> how did you piece. go? Yeah. And so how did you go about that? Because obviously that education then provided you to, to be able to open up a facility and then be able to help people with nutrition. And so wanting that for yourself and, and then I would imagine just getting all of that education on your own. Yeah, it was a lot of reading, a lot of YouTube, a lot of going through different programs and self-experimentation and looking at what was working for other people and um, and then kind of falling into the CrossFit world. My first sergeant literally walked into my office one day and goes, hey, I, th I think you should check out CrossFit.com and, and um, it might be something you like. <laughs> and in a matter of two weeks I went from working out 90 minutes a day and you know being fit sure. getting results but not all of the results that I wanted yeah to <clears throat> hitting the gym for 30 minutes and in out and actually seeing better results. Results, yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> it really was, it, you know, and, and uh, I remember when I first got into biking, um, a friend of the family had asked if, uh, you know, had invited me on a couple of different bike rides and I had never gone, um, but then said, hey, you know, there's a 35 mile bike ride coming up, you know, let's go. And I literally bought a bike on a Wednesday and on Saturday, you know, we went and, you know, did this 35 mile bike ride outside. And, and I was like, one fell in love with biking, but then two was just grateful that really, you know, CrossFit provided me an avenue to be able to just not even hesitate to just pick up a bike and go ride 35 miles after yes. having not done that previously. It, it creates the foundation to literally go do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it without doesn't a doubt. take forever to do it. And the rowing that I'm doing now, I would not have been able to do if I had not been, you know, doing CrossFit for three years. Like that got yeah. me to a fitness level to then say, okay, I can spend an hour, you know, on the rower. All right. I can spend two hours on the rower. I can spend four hours on the rower, you know, and it, it, it just, it evolves. Yeah, we actually had a, um, an athlete, uh, Loretta. Do you know Loretta? 
No. No. Okay. So we, a couple of us did a crazy thing and we did a marathon on the assault runner when we first got them. The reason we did it was because we were having a conversation where it was like, I don't think anybody would ever do that. <clears throat> and this yeah. is when they were first kind of coming out and, and really pushing them out to um, gyms and, and to mm -hmm. the public. And I remember having that conversation and thinking to myself, well, wouldn't it be nuts? And then instead of thinking it to myself, I sent it in a text. And the text that came back was, well, when are you thinking? And I went, tomorrow morning? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Let's just do but it. But to be able to be, to even think like, mm -hmm that you can just go do that on a whim and it's amazing. It's like, Hey, mm -hmm. sweetheart, you want to go hike Mount Washington this weekend? I don't have to train for it. Just go. Yeah. Do yeah. It. And not only that, but, but you're also, you're also mindful, right. About nutrition. So that even if you decided that you wanted to do something, you know, that you've got good nutrition, regardless that you can go in and do this. And then, okay, I might have to adjust a little bit now, knowing that I'm going to go run, you know, a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is, which is foundational because you may want to do these things, but if you're not doing all of these other little things, then this can't happen. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's, you know, the program almost doesn't matter if you're not taking care of yourself on the other side and it goes beyond food. You know, food is super foundational and mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's the building blocks. You've got your building blocks and you've got your energy and, and that's going to be your support system, but you still need your body to work appropriately. And it can't do that if you're not getting your sleep and managing your stress. Yeah. You put, put those together and you've got a game plan to, to take on the world. Mm -hmm. But when one of them gets mm -hmm. out of balance, you know, if stress is really, really, really high, then you've got to kind of back off on some of the other things. Um, and and the, one thing, the one thing that people tend to cut out when they're stressed is self-care, something for themselves that relieves that stress, going to the gym, going for a run, going for a walk, whatever it might be, all of a sudden we're stressed out. And then, you know, that allows us to make, you know, poor food choices and you know we just we don't take as as good a care of ourselves yeah yeah and i it's it's such a struggle right we're stressed out so we we start just like doing things that are rewarding in the moment instead of taking the time to do the things that will actually reward us mm -hmm. and that's it's a hard thing to sit down and do it, it's like you know, it might take a, a little bit more time to go have a hot, soothing bath or shower. But I'd rather spend 20 minutes in the shower than bury myself in a bunch of M&Ms. <laughs> but when you walk by the M&Ms, you grab the M&Ms. It's like, oh, that was so nice. So what do you do? You grab them again. Oh, and so you know, nice. I will tell you that that is just that statement is a is a is a huge reminder for me like 
we get triggered on this mindless eating. And, you know, I remember one time in my unhealthy days when I was taking care of my mom and my stress level was through the roof, but I wasn't really doing anything to take care of myself. We went to a, we went to Costco <clears throat> on a Saturday, maybe like 10 AM, bought a big bag of Swedish fish. Yeah. We sit down <laughs> to watch a movie on Sunday night. And guess what? The bag was gone because every time I walked by, I could not not grab a handful of Swedish fish. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't understand the addiction that food is for us. And we highlight all of the other addictions and stuff like that. But for me, that's an, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm addicted to that. Like if I, there's Swedish fish in here, even to this day, like it's very difficult to look at it and walk by. I'd rather just, I, I don't want to see it. I, I can make the choice to not buy it, but it's hard for me to make the choice to not eat it. Yes. yes. Uh, it's so funny. Oh man. So the other day I had left something out on the counter because I didn't want to put it in my normal snack drawer. Mm-hmm. And I left it on the counter and I kept walking by. And every time I walked by it, I had to make a decision. Now, without telling you what decision I made, it, because it's almost unimportant, the yeah, fact that I had to make that decision actively every single time I walked by it is a problem. Mm-hmm. Because eventually you run into decision fatigue if mm-hmm. you want the decision to go a certain way. Eventually you just give in regardless <laughs> if you don't want to do it or not. Yes. <laughs> and, and you end up doing it or you end up rewarding yourself later for having made a bunch of really good decisions when you could have just made the one by not buying it or putting it away. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it all adds up. What an interesting, and, and this is how I get, deeper right because right now i'm super interested in the conversation that we just had and my mind is just rolling is, really is like, about well, because, the psychological aspect. yeah no and that's and 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 that's what you know people wonder why they yo-yo when they diet well because you know you come to a point you set a goal and you reach that five or ten pounds but you don't have a larger goal beyond that and so maybe the goal is a little bit too small and then we celebrate what happens when we celebrate it leads to this okay well I'm going to go out and I'm going to, what are you going to do? You're going to eat or potentially drink, whatever it is. That then it leads to a weekend of fun activities because you're excited and you don't really feel the difference yet, but then you haven't planned like you normally do for the week ahead. And therefore that weekend or that one day celebration or that one meal celebration turns into a week long event that doesn't allow you to then maintain the momentum that you had and then it's super one hard guy. To, to get that momentum back once you've broken it. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is like, <clears throat> a lot of people feel like their momentum has to be perfect in order to recreate it. And really the, the deviations are natural, normal, expected. And mm-hmm. hopefully we get to enjoy them. And like the entire concept behind freedom calories it's yeah. a nutrition program that I have yeah. is that you can build it in as part of your momentum mm-hmm. and then just understand how those things affect you over time. But I had one guy say it to me best before he goes, you know, I ate like trash, like last night, 
ate a bunch of extra and he goes, I'm not fat yet. Yeah. I was like, that is exactly how you end up. And he knew it. He knew it in the moment when he said it. That's why he said it to me. He's yeah. like, I, I have to say this out loud <clears throat> because it's the only way that he knew he was going to be able to have the conversation to rein it back in. Yeah. Right. Cause he did it once and I'm not fat yet. And so the underlying idea is that eventually he would wait until it got too bad. But then at that point, everything is slow creep. Mm-hmm. Everything is it, slow creep. Yeah. And then it's just that much more difficult to get back to really what you wanted to do in the first place. When I first so started hard. CrossFit now, you know, I had been athletic and I had done some, you know, some things when I got back into CrossFit, I mean, or when I first went to CrossFit, I had done yoga for, I'm, and I'm grateful that I did yoga before CrossFit because I got into a really good yoga practice where I was going four or five, six days a week. And one of the best things when I was uh, going, there was a sign that said, leave your ego at the door. And I didn't really know what that meant until I got on my, on a yoga mat for the first time and, and, and almost couldn't get through it, (laughs) you know? And, uh, and so I understood what that meant afterwards. And it was just, it was a great place to just understand that it's okay to just be where you're at. You don't have to impress anybody else. You can just be where you're at, focus on what you're doing and, and truly focus for the hour, the 45 minutes, the however long you're doing this practice, because if you don't focus on it, then you're not going to do it very well. So if you're thinking about something, you're not really giving that the proper attention that it needs. And if you're not here doing what you're doing, then you're not giving that practice what it needs. And so that led to a whole nother kind of thought process for me of really just kind of breaking things down a lot more simpler into just being present wherever I was and scheduling things so that I didn't have to worry about it because it was all off my mind. I didn't have to always be thinking about something else. And so by doing that allowed me to, to truly just be present with everything that I was doing. Yeah. What a great thought process too. I think, you know, even taking it just a little bit, um, maybe a little different direction, but in that moment, you know, to leave your ego at the door, Mm. not trying to impress other people is starting to think, you know, what am I getting out of this versus what am I showing other people? Mm Because I find the same thing, whether it be yoga or CrossFit or any sort of class setting where Mm -hmm. we're doing the the same thing, people tend to start getting competitive. And in that competitive environment, um, I guess it's really easy to get caught up with trying to not necessarily show off or show up, but to try to win or to try to do the best and not necessarily get out of it what you need to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I was actually working with someone new the other day and we were talking about the workout of the day. Um, AMRAP was on the board and they asked what it meant. And I said, well, as written, it means as many reps as possible. 
but whenever you do the workout, I want you to read this as as many reps as possible while moving well and staying in motion. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that second half of the sentence isn't in there, but it's important. It needs to be. Yeah, it's super <laughs> right. important because, yeah, I mean, everything all stems from good form, especially in the very beginning. Like, it may it sucks at times to be like, okay, this is where I'm at and it's humbling. But the only way to truly get to that other level is to start with these basic skills. And, but yeah. a lot of people get very impatient with the basic skills, right? Because I remember the first time I went to yoga, I told my wife I was going to go to yoga and uh, I walked in there and I looked in the window and I was like right on time but the class was just about starting and it was like a sea of women and I was intimidated and I turned around and I walked out and I was like, oh. I can't go there. And then it took for my wife to go with me. I don't know how much longer for me to be like, I love this and I was comfortable and, and I went, but you know, there were a couple of couple of different, you know, kind of reasons that be like, all right, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. But part of it was, I've never done this before. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed about walking in when the class is kind of on time. And having all of that, you know, only delayed where I'm at right now. And so okay. it's a shame that we have to feel that way or that we do feel that way or that it's not more of a, you know, people would have been completely supportive, but I didn't know that, you know? And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing that I think a lot of people go through though. And I, you know, even going to CrossFit, my wife was doing it and I was just, I was intimidated by what I saw because I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And then you never, you never really realize until you're in it, how supportive it can be. 100%. Because my goal with this whole thing after my mother passed, so my mother passed at a young age, she was 66. And my father passed at a very young age of 45. And so wow. I had gotten to this place where I was like, I need to be and I want to be as healthy as I can be for as long as I can be. But never in my wildest imagination would I have ever labeled myself an endurance athlete. And after rowing almost two and a half marathons and rowing a few different marathons at this point and a 50K, I consider myself an endurance athlete. Yeah. And that's wild for me. But I would not have been able to do that if I didn't have all of these first steps, if I didn't put myself in all of these uncomfortable situations. And so I'm really, I'm, I, you know, I know that you do a ton of endurance. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I still struggle with that label. Do you? I do. I really do. You are uh, no way. I mean, you do, you do things that I'm like, all right, how am I going to get to, you know, do some of that stuff? So, I mean, yeah. you know, and listen, anything, anything past, you know, marathoning is, is, is a, is a, ultra you know endurance type of activity um, yeah but this year it's really it's all this year I, it's so what got you thinking about so if it was if it's relatively kind of a new thing then 
you know, I know what has kind of gotten me excited and some of that is, okay, I, I've, I've reached this. I set a, um, a goal for myself to do a marathon on October 1st. After I did that marathon, I was like, okay, well, if I'm doing this and I'm rowing for an hour a day, then why can't I row for an hour and a half every day? Why can't I yeah. row for two hours every day? Why can't I row for three hours every day until I have this thought of rowing a marathon every day for a year? Why not? There's really no reason why I can't if I'm preparing myself to do these different things. And so right. has that been an evolution for you then to say, okay, well, I've done some of these things. Let me, let me push the boundary a little bit. Short answer, hundred uh, percent. Long answer, there's a lot of push and pull from life. And mm. so I find myself um, at least at the end of, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, um, I found myself sitting down and going, how much of my time do I actually want to dedicate this to this? Yeah. And am I doing it for the right reasons? And that was, I, I sit down with that question every so often, making yeah. sure that everything else is still in alignment that well, I'm yeah, you spending time with my wife and my son and, you know, actually putting time into uh, my clients and that all of that, like all of that has to be there first. And then I have CrossFit, mm -hmm. which is the, the short foundational yeah. peace everything else is gravy if i have time for gravy then i get gravy That's and great. i i kind of going back to what we did before or what i was saying before it was like my intent is to get gravy mm -hmm. <laughs> so i have direction and intent in my day that is going to push me towards that and that's a huge uh, that's like that's the a, first thing that's a huge piece because what what most people struggle with is setting priorities, right? Because so you could easily get lost in this other thing and neglect all of these different aspects. And, yeah. and oftentimes we really do. And so when we set priorities of our year, our week, our high priorities, and we make sure that we take care of all of those priorities, one of those priorities is all of the gravy. And so by eliminating other distractions, being able to say no to different things, because while well, that's great and that could be fun, right now it's not maybe the highest priority. You'll give it some thought and maybe somewhere down the line, it could find its way in. But right now this is what gives me, you know, enjoyment, satisfaction and energy, really. Oh, definitely. I think one of the hardest, um... <clears throat> One of the hardest things in the journey was actually leaving some people behind mm. because they weren't, they were stuck in a place where I no longer wanted to be. Yeah. And in order to participate in that world, it took away from my ability to participate in this new world that supported me more. Yeah. Yeah. And so having to make that decision and join, essentially join a community of, of people who were moving in this direction, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. 
the, the whole product of the people you're around kind of thing. Um, that was, that was a big decision, but probably one of the most impactful surrounding myself with people that were, that wanted to do these things Yeah. that, you know, instead of always wanting to sit at home and drink, it was, well, yeah, let's like later on today, my date is to get coffee and do a wad. That's my date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a guy date it's a bro date we're gonna go get coffee and then we're gonna do a workout Perfect. <laughs> and we're gonna and we're gonna have fun but that would never have been a thing in that other world yeah yeah but you know and, and that's just where you you know I'm sure you set your priorities and it's just like this is really what I want for myself and um you know it's it's uh it's an unfortunate aspect and and, and sometimes you know, even though you move yourself in a direction um, and you potentially lose some folks, sometimes those people stay around and are casual acquaintances versus, you know, you know, uh, the acquaintances, you know, the friends that we once had, um, or sometimes we lose them, but people come in and out of our lives for various reasons at different points. And, you know, none of that's bad. None of that's, you know, it just is, it's just what's going to happen throughout the course of life. Um, but again, going back to understanding who you are and what you need and what you want allows you to then be the best role model that you can be for all of the people who are watching. And so that's the, that's the, the best thing about this whole conversation is that even though you may lose some of those folks, you're, you're still taking yourself and you're giving off the best that you can, because, you know, that's just, that's what you're doing for yourself. Yeah, and I think in, in the self-reflection on that time, um, like still respecting and appreciating that there was something important about what I was doing at that time to me. Yeah. And maybe it's not in alignment with where I'm headed now, but that it was important then and still being thankful and appreciative of I'm it. Grateful, right? You know, and and maybe understanding too because sometimes we have to turn the empathy thing on for ourselves for things that we've decisions that we've made in the past and and Mm -hmm. kind of understand like i was getting something out of that that i really needed at that time i just maybe didn't realize that that was also hurting me so i can do better now And that's all. And, and, and we should all be growing, right? Like it's no, you know, I think that's never, and we don't really feel good when we're standing still. We don't really feel good when we're not moving forward. That's when we start to sit in this negative space and we start to have these negative thoughts. And that's really where, you know, even for myself, you know, there are times when I have peaks and valleys, but when I have those valleys, sometimes it's hard to kind of come out of that. So always kind of giving yourself and surrounding yourself with some of those people helps you kind of get out of that space a lot quicker. And exercising is one of those things that truly has allowed me to, um, to get out of those spaces quicker. It has allowed me to focus on what I need. And by doing that, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something every day because I want to do something every day. And I know the importance that it has both physically and mentally for myself. 
Yeah, but it takes time to get there. You know what I mean? It's not an easy switch. And it's, and it's one of those, you just wish that you could have people like feel this way after working out for six months, but you've got to, you've got to (laughs) feel this way first in order to feel that way. Right. Yep. And I'm sure you see that. I guess I'll actually take some time to answer the real question here. Yeah. <laughs> How I got into the endurance, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have got a real tendency to go off on tangents here. And so do I. <laughs> so uh, the, for years, I actually had a limiter on my um, activity. Hmm. And my target was how fit can I get? doing only the workout of the day and then I got to a point where I was like I'm pretty comfortable with doing the workout of the day and I want just a little bit more so it was how fit can I get doing the workout of the day and then allowing myself to do either a little bit of skill work or strength work because I recognized that I had some gaps Mm -hmm. and it would be safer for me to do it outside of the um the class or yeah, of the workout itself. So I would do some skill or strength depending on the day of the week and then the wad. And that was all I was allowed. And I did that, goodness, almost five years, I think, six years. Was that a self, was that a self-limiting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like there were a lot, if I wanted to, if we were going for a hike or something like that, that's a different thing. Those were special events, you know, but from a daily habit, weekly thing, um, because I started, I started doing CrossFit two weeks before my son was born. So new time demands, new things that are important. And I had this, you know, I have a competitive drive when I get into things. And so you see the CrossFit games and it feels tangible. And, and I, I had a moment where I thought I really wanted to chase it. Mm. And then I had some things happen, you know, that little injuries here and there. And I was like, you know, it's just not my priority to live that life. I don't yeah. want to be constantly taped up and, and beat up and, and all of this stuff. So I reassessed the goal yeah. and, and made it about being healthy again. Cause that's, that's where I started as an mm-hmm. adult wanted to be healthy. And it was like, how can I be the healthiest and fittest possible for as long as possible in as little time as possible so that I can do whatever else I want to do. Well, and being a new dad, you know, it's, there was a lot of, that's a, that, it takes a lot of time. Oh yeah. And I, <laughs> I would literally put him down for a nap and run outside. And I had this, uh, I still have it in the garage. It's a um, 20 pound bag of concrete. Mm-hmm. And I, I put a bunch of uh, plastic bags around it and then duct tape the whole thing. That was my wall ball. But I didn't have a wall to throw it against. So I threw it up into the air about 10 feet. (laughs) I mean, it worked. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) And I had a backpack uh, that was pretty strong. So I would load it up and attach Mm -hmm. things to it in order to back squat at home while he was down for a nap. 
<laughs> but you know, and that's Whatever the thing. It, but so that's the thing. Like you, you, this was still a priority. Health, being healthy, was a priority. So it, 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 you found the time because hey, this is the only time I have, and you know, you could have filled that doing something else. Oh yeah, and the time always exists. It's always there. I, I remember I working, so I was working a full-time job, doing the single dad thing, and we were opening the gym. Mm. There was no time, but I would drive from, the, from work to get my son to get to work and have to find somewhere in there where, you know, I put my food in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when I would get to the gym, maybe there would be 15 minutes. Mm. I would either do uh, 30 of a barbell movement or 50 burpees. That was always on the back burner. If I didn't have time to do the wad or the strength or whatever, I would just walk in the door and hit 30 of a barbell movement or 50 burpees. Boom, done. And that's the workout for the day. If that's all I had time for, I did it. Did you ever read the Spartan way? I did not. But the, so the guy uh, who created, you know, the Spartan races and all of that, one of the, his thing, the reason why there's a 30 burpee penalty is because regardless of what your time constraints are, you can do 30 burpees a day. And that's a level of fitness where, you know, you're, you're still getting, yeah, you're getting, you're getting everything combined because a burpee is a great movement. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, the, yeah, we don't need to <laughs> talk up the burpee. <laughs> I was about to talk up the burpee. I, I, I mean, it's just such a burner. <laughs> it's, it's, when I talk about the burpee in class, I always tell people the burpee is not what, it like what you feel it has to be is not what it needs to be. It's literally I've fallen and I can get up. Yeah, that's it. Do that 30 times and you've done your burpees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the level and the speed that you do them only increases, you know, so regardless, right. you can just, you know, you can just kind of move through it. But yeah, no. Right. So that time constraint existed for me. Yeah. until 2017 right yeah 2000 2017 i think so all of those years you know really also doing very well in the crossfit games on that little bit of work mm -hmm. um qualifying there was one year where did a half Ironman qualified for nationals and Olympic weightlifting and uh was top 60 in the masters in the world in in the open mm -hmm. and like all of that was with those time constraints so it's yeah. not like you have to do all this extra you know it really is gravy yeah so but getting into it um my wife, she signed up for a half Ironman mm. and she says, she says to me, we're on the phone. She says, 
So um, I signed up for this half Ironman. I'm going to go do it. And I was like, am I not invited? (laughs) (laughs) She's going away for the weekend. She didn't even say, like, do you want to (laughs) come? So I'm thinking to myself, I would love to do something like that. I love biking, but um, I don't really know how to swim. Uh, not laps, you know, I, everything I had done was, you know, fun in a pool kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I hate running. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> and I like I have a leg length discrepancy. Running is just it's painful. Gotcha. Yeah. It's terrible. Like I need special shoes in order to compensate for things. It's, oh, so I'm thinking about that. And, and then I, I thought to myself, I was like, well, you're going to go for the weekend. You're going to cheer her on. And what else are you going to do? You might as well do it. Mm-hmm. So that first one, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to turn it into an experiment. I wonder if you just go learn how to swim. Can you just do it on your background of CrossFit? Mm. And so, you know, put a food plan together for it. And I went and I got a coach for the swimming. She taught me how to swim. <laughs> it was not wonderful. It was not great. Um, she did great. <laughs> I had, still had a long way to go. I yeah. think I got a dozen sessions in um, between the lake and the pool before actually getting to the half Ironman. But I made it. 1.2 miles straight. So I was super excited about that and hit the bike little too hard, just a little too hard. Got to the run, felt great. I was maybe three miles into the run when I had dropped my salt out of the back of my shirt. So I didn't have my nutrition and Mm. because I wasn't training endurance, I wasn't, you know, training with the stuff they have on the course. And I grabbed this, uh, cause I knew I needed it. So I grabbed a, a set of blocks off of the table and they were this spearmint flavor. I took one shoe and the flavor hit the back of my throat. And I swear to you, it was almost instantaneous. I was just completely nauseous. It was like the reaction was so intense. I ended up on the on the side of the um, trail there. And it's it's so funny because I'm on the side of the trail, you know, like, hold my hair, please. <laughs> and everybody's running by me going, you got this, come on. <laughs> and there's still another 10 miles to go. Like, All right. <laughs> But afterwards, you know, I, I actually felt a lot better. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Yeah. And I finished out, got it done. It wasn't amazing, but I was so proud. And having CrossFit as the foundation and just going and doing an event like that, that takes, mm-hmm. you know, I think the best are going to do that in what, four and change hours yeah (laughs) that's nuts so i was out there for just over six hours i think it was 
615 or, or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And so proud we went and we, you know, had a drink and got some fries and had a blast afterwards. But uh, it was a successful experiment in how much do you have to do in order to be capable? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So an interesting thing happened and I had no plans on doing another one. Mm. That was it. That was the experiment. But my wife missed her swim by six seconds. So she finished and kept going and finished the whole thing, but they gave her a DNF, even though she finished the whole thing because she was six seconds off on the swim. That's devastating. Exactly. So what does she do? She goes, well, we got to do it next year. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So that's fun though, right? That's the, you know, and that's the, like, that's the, that's the great thing about it is, is that you can, you know, having that you combine, you know, these things that you can do together, spending time together, both kind of having this energy. Yes. Yeah. And, and for the next year, you know, talking about training and stuff like that, it was, it was really cool. And the Mm -hmm. swimming aspect, because it was really new for both of us. Um, So we got to go swimming every once in a while. And what was nice is swimming kind of came with its own reward because we would swim and then their hot tub or sauna or something like that. And yeah. we'd get to hang out and it's almost like having a date. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't really think of it as having a date, but I do. <laughs> I thought it was a date, but whatever. <laughs> Feels like one to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I turned it into another experiment and that was uh, F me up Friday. So Friday was my, that was like my day off for the week. Yeah. So I decided to take Friday and just be silly. I would do CrossFit and do my workouts. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday, I would swim, bike, run, or some combination. It might just be swim and bike. For a while, it was just swim and bike because I didn't like running. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember when I first started, I couldn't do the wad on Friday night because I was just so spent from Mm -hmm. the swimming and the biking or the swimming and the running or whatever combination that I would, I would go to work and just be at work. Yeah. And I wouldn't take the time away to go do a workout or anything like that. And then after about a month and a half, I would come out of my sessions and I'd be like, okay, now I feel okay. Maybe I can can move a little. So Mm -hmm. I would put a light barbell in my hands and go through the motions do really slow burpees. And then once I got comfortable with that, I started to put a little bit more intensity to it. And then I learned how to, you know, do the workout to support me on that same day, rather than trying to do the work at the speed I should be able to do or, or whatnot. And I think, I think, I think people need to understand that more, right? Like what are, you know, there's a, there's a, a, the, the workouts prescribed. And one of the things that I loved about CrossFit is that I can just show up and I know that I can get a good workout and I don't have to think about it. Um, And the workouts prescribed for a certain thing, right? Like to, 
for heavier movement or for speed or whatever, but it's also important for the athlete to know what they need out of the workout that day, right? Like it's not just what you're supposed to do, like what do you need from this so that, again, there's a bigger picture that is involved here that if you're not thinking about all of it, then you're, you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice. Yeah, it has to serve. And if you're just trying to gun for whatever is on the board with all of the intensity that you have to give Mm -hmm. all the time, that's, it's just a recipe for burnout. Yeah. But the best, the, one of the great things with CrossFit is that it reinforces this aspect for myself that I can continuously push myself to different levels almost every day if I want to do that. Like I can, I can, you know, I can see how many burpees I can do if they're a great form and all of that in, you know, let's just say 30 seconds. And then yeah, six yeah. months from now, have I gotten, you know, quicker? Has my, where has my progression? And, and the amazing thing from starting this journey in 2015 to six years later, that each year, my physical capabilities continue to increase, right? I continue to push myself each year. It's like there's no end. And that's just the fun thing about it is, is that, okay, if I continue to do this, as I continue to age now at 47, about to turn 47 years old, and I'm doing all of these things, come October, I'm going to roll for 24 hours. So if I can, if I can continue to do all of these different things, then what stops me other than my own limitations, right? My own self, self limiting ideas and all of that other stuff. Yeah, and there's this balance. I think there's this balance between, you know, okay, there are some limits. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, we're still improving yeah. and continuing to, you know, a decade into the journey or more. Yeah. And yeah, it, it feels like you could just keep going and going and going. Like, I'm never going to be Kipchoge. It's just not going to be a thing. I'm not going to run a two hour marathon. Yeah. I know it, but I can keep improving for myself. Yeah. And honestly, and I don't watch really how have it any, affects other things. And some of it is, you know, you don't have any desire to, you may have a desire to, but you know, for me, like, it's a matter of what, you know, what's a bigger priority, you know, putting everything that you have into training to get to that time or to do all of these other things as well. Yeah. And, and I think that this is probably a good time to bring up stories of caution. Sure. And I see it all the time. You you follow all these athletes that get really into a thing Mm -hmm. and push all in into that thing. And they do amazing things, but they also often turn into broken people. Yeah. And on the other side of it, end up having to put themselves back together. And so you see this flashy kind of, uh, you see this flashy show where they're doing these amazing things. And even, you know, Matt Frazier just came out and talked about how, you know, I woke up every morning, had to sell my soul to do this. And I had to make all these decisions against this and against that. And I Mm -hmm. want to start incorporating those things. 
well, understanding that a lot of those people that we're inspired by that are very specialized are cannibalizing the rest of their life in order to yeah. achieve that. One of my goals has, has always been to how do I incorporate all of it and continue to achieve and move forward and, and do those things. Like exactly. how little can you do? How efficient can you be while still getting this massive result? Well, and it, and it just goes to, you know, making the most out of the 24 hours that you have each and every day yeah. and setting your priorities every day, making sure that those priorities get taken care of and then slowly working on all of the other aspects and just knowing that, you know, each day we're granted another 24 hours and we get to refill what those priorities are. But it's also, you know, you talk about you didn't necessarily have kind of long-term vision, but you still have, a, must have a little bit of a long-term vision of knowing that you want these grander things for yourself with kind of that urgency, no? No. <laughs> or I guess, I guess the long, the long-term vision, I always come back to it. It is, it's, it's health at a hundred. Yeah. Healthy yeah. and mobile at a hundred and, and that's it. But a, a lot that's of a these great, other things yeah. are yeah. just like on a whim. I, I remember, uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I like I do, what you're saying there, I do though, like because to set that's arbitrary goals. Yeah, because you know, I would say that my my long term goal is to be as healthy as possible for as long as possible. I don't set that hundred bar mark because I kind of look at it as is like I'm not gonna. I don't want to set that number because my chances of hitting that right now seem to be fairly low. So it's just it's this consistent thing. But you know, deciding that I was going to do a marathon was a completely off the cuff thought deciding yeah. to then do a hundred K row was kind of like, well, let me try this. So I, I, you know, but then setting the goals and the priorities around, okay, now I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And I definitely have at, at any moment in my training, I have a priority. Yeah. So this is probably the first time I've set any sort of target with my running. Mm. And so my priority is the endurance side of things at the moment. Um, but, you know, before I had a little whiteboard and I had some arbitrary numbers on it for, you know, the clean, for the overhead squat, for the deadlift. I had some strength numbers there. Strength was something that I never had when I was younger. And so when I started getting into the strength sport, I was like, you know, this would be something that would be nice to build. And I picked some things that I knew were up there, but I like targeting, you know, 95 to 99%. Mm -hmm. I, in order to be that top one tenth of a percent, you have to do things that like we were just talking about. And, but in order to be in the 99%, you really don't have to, mm. to, you don't have to make all of those sacrifices to be in the top 1%. And I, I've found myself like, okay, top 1%, get there, be really efficient about it. Just 
prioritize your life in a way that like kind of pushes you in that direction. Be patient. You'll get there. And then once I get there, I'm like, okay, next priority. (laughs) But I did that with strength. And now, now that I hit all of those, um, it was like, okay, what's next? And when my wife signed up and then we signed up again and I did really well. And, and then what was it? It, the momentum thing, we actually sat back a month after that second half Ironman and we went, well, if we're gonna do an Ironman, cause it's on our bucket lists, now would be the time to do it because we already have the base. Yeah. So why rebuild the base? Just take what we have and go use it. And go do that it. one scared me a little bit. Yeah. I wasn't really scared about that. Like I was nervous about the half Ironman, but mm-hmm. I had done plenty of, you know, hikes and things of that nature that were that long. So I knew I could work for that time yeah. period. It was just yeah. a matter of how quick I was going to do it. Well, and there's a difference, right? And I just experienced this doing something for, you know, five to six hours, you can kind of plan for, uh, but doing something for me that went on past 10, 11 hours took a whole nother side to the nutrition aspect that really was a wake up call for me because I suffered through doing those two and a half, almost two and a half marathons on that rower. And I look back at it and, and I think, okay, well, I didn't really train the truly the way that I wanted to in order to make that a little easier. And I certainly didn't have the nutrition aspect kind of at all laid out to really make that, you know, anywhere near, you know, easier. So now it's okay. Well, the next time that I do it, here's my thoughts. Um, it's not like I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> it's just, right, right. How, am I, how, how am I going to continually get better at doing this type of activity? Because one, I, I intend to do it more than one time a year, but I intend to do it every year now. And so, all right, now what does that look like? And so how has, so with that now going to do a, a marathon, you know, having that nutrition piece, that's a huge part that um, I think, you know, also allows you to, to be able to do that, right? Just that understanding of what you need to put in your body, the right foods in order to, to really allow you to maximize, you know, what the body's doing. Yeah, it's, uh, the nutrition thing was, I don't know, it's been so interesting. I, so I come from a family with a lot of blood sugar issues Mm. and, uh, or I, I guess just blood chemistry issues in general, but also diabetes runs in my family. And Mm. I actually was running into those issues in my early twenties when I was gaining weight and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it wasn't until I got my nutrition dialed in. I, I, I remember I was still a couple of years into CrossFit and I, I had all my blood work done and, and whatnot. And my doctor was like, we really should, you know, now that you're aging up, we should start doing blood work yearly and, and whatnot. And she goes, uh, she says to me, you should probably do more exercise because of uh, the way that my panels came back. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm just not going to say anything right now <laughs> because of what I'm doing. And yeah. 
I'm like, I, I exercise five times a week. Yeah. Like I, this is not, it's not the exercise, not the exercise problem. Piece. I'm not going to do more. So I, I, okay. Okay. And, uh, I started taking care of my nutrition much better. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, resolved all of it just like that and then it 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 sort of became a you know what I really do have to actually pay attention and then it was how can I pay attention (laughs) with as little effort as possible and I fought it for years I fought counting Mm. for years and then it finally it was like whenever I didn't count things would be off about a month later and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to rely on feelings anymore because I want to still consume some foods that, um, you know, aren't great. Yeah, yeah. But I, I need to have a way to understand how much of it I'm having. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to eat the same thing every single day. And I'm never going to meal prep on Sunday. I was like, okay, so I have to count because I'm not willing to do all of those things. I have to count. (laughs) So that was, I I started um, counting because of that. I remember uh, doing macros. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Macros, I almost lost my mind doing macros. It's a really tough thing. I mean, it's a nice thing to kind of get the kind of basic concept. Understanding my macros was kind of great to say, okay, well, what should my plate look like type of a thing, you know? but again, I struggle with, with, with the whole counting on, on all of that. Yeah, it was just, uh, it didn't feel very real world to me. Hmm. It felt like I was trying to be in that top 10th of a percent. Yeah. With, you know, going to the level of, of detail and extremes. And, I, and then I would see people, it was like, okay, this, this is kind of the best tool we have at the moment. And I would see people struggle with, at the end of the night, they're like, oh, I have fat left, but nothing else. And mm-hmm. so they would have a teaspoon of oil on a romaine leaf or something <laughs> just to get it in, you know, without, oh, cause you can't have the carb or the protein in there. So can't eat, can't get fat any other way than just yeah. oil or butter. And it, I remember it's like, well, at this point, like, can't we just eat some food? <laughs> like maybe you're just under eating or, <laughs> I don't know so I, I started to look at it in a different way and like at the moment I'm using it but then trying to say what's important mm. what's actually important here what do we care about most and there, there were really three things and the first was well we need a base level of protein yeah because you need your building blocks. And if you want to be flexible, if you want to have good gut health and be metabolically flexible as well, be able to eat anything that's available in the world, then you also need to eat plants, like actual plants. Actual plants. <laughs> right? Because if you don't eat the plants, if you, if you eat meat and you don't eat the plants, when you do eat the plants, you're going to have some irritation because mm-hmm. you're just not used to the roughage. Yeah. So 
if you consistently eat the roughage and you're eating your protein, you're golden from a foundational perspective and a gut health perspective. And then above and beyond that, does it matter? To some extent it does because we're talking about hunger, satiety, and, and those kind of things. Yeah. But in many ways, it doesn't. Because if your foundation provides you all the nutrients you need, the rest of it can be fun. <laughs> and that was where like freedom it. calories came yeah. from, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, if you've eaten your foundation and you've got 500 calories left and you can take 500 calories of M&Ms and be yeah. satisfied, why not? Well, and, that's a, and that's a huge part because most, you know, kind of dieting is restrictive. And then that's, you know, again, people yo-yo because they sacrifice while they're going through this phase. And wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather just enjoy the, <clears throat> the food that you kind of sometimes like to eat mixed in with some really healthy alternatives and stuff like that, but not necessarily restrict the fact that you can never eat that. Um, right. Because that's when you're more likely to overeat versus just having some satisfaction for, you know, the time where, you know, come, come the nighttime, I'm looking for something sweet. So I need to, I need to satisfy that. If I don't, then it's like, you know, winding up a, a, a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. I actually reserve uh, a certain amount of food for the evening so that I have bedtime snacks. And I'm actually, I've taught my son that too. He gets two bedtime snacks every single night. Mm. It's usually a, a, a small bowl of cereal and three mm. ounces of ice cream. He actually weighs his ice cream, puts three it's ounces a, in the bowl. It. I love my ice cream, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to, if Same. I'm going to have ice cream, I'm not, I don't want any of the fake stuff. Like I am going to have ice cream, like, even though, and I don't eat it that often because I switched to um, like, 80 to 85 percent plant-based and, and kind of all of that and I, I enjoy the way that I feel eating that way um but uh but it's an evolution you know like I would never have gotten here and in, in including fasting and all of that other stuff if I didn't take all of these other little steps along the way that allowed me to say okay well I want I did that and now I kind of want this you know yeah. And, yeah, and kind of pulling it back into the fitness thing. Um, I think there's a lack of understanding too that, you know, like bread and M&Ms and, and a lot of those foods that we look at as normally bad, like they are bad for someone who is not moving. So mm. for someone who wakes up and sits down and then basically never gets off the chair, you probably don't need sugar, mm. <laughs> but for anybody who's active, all of that is just energy demand, yeah. right? And so those things are high energy foods. Guess what they're good for? Activity. That's it. <laughs> so if you're an active person and you're going out and hitting a, a ton of meters on the rower or you can afford some of these different things that, you know, quite yeah. frankly, you and need a little bit while you're, while you're doing it anyway. Not only can you afford it, you need it. It's, yeah. it's good to have it. It actually reduces the stress associated with the work. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it helps you mm -hmm. in a way 
yeah. rather than rather than hurting you. And that's, yeah. you know, it's all a matter of perspective, too, because in some environments, that stuff can be harmful. Mm -hmm. And in others, it can be really helpful. Like if someone's a type two diabetic, guess what? Stop eating sugar. I know it hurts for me to say it, but stop. <laughs> Because it is, it's in that moment, yeah. you are now harming yourself every time you consume it. Every time you do it, yeah. But for someone who's not in that environment, you know, and their body can manage it well, boom. Yeah. You can use it to support the movement in your life, the activity in your life, your, your daily energy intake. Like we still mm -hmm. have to have a base level <clears throat> of energy intake. And we don't really think about it this way, but you know, we are bigger people, we are bigger humans than we used to be. And so our energy demand from just existing is actually a little bit higher, you know, mm -hmm. bigger brains, bigger bodies, all of that, our energy demand is a little bit higher, like you being six foot two, your energy mm -hmm. demand is automatically higher if you and I just sit down all day, because I'm only five foot nine. So your energy you demand is automatically higher than mine, most likely. Sure. And so you would need a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so if you and I tried to eat the same salad and the same, uh, we'll, we'll go with beans since you're 85%. Beans, salad and all that stuff. If we tried to eat the same plates all day, I might be satisfied. Yeah. And, I might and then you're still seeking. Yeah. And I, you know, psychologically people start to think like, oh, this is a, I have a problem. And sometimes it's, no, you don't really have a problem. You just haven't figured out how that is, can be used to support you. Yeah. Cause maybe you do need a handful every night, just not the 15 when you walk by. Exactly. Or every time that you walk by, every right. you know, and for me, when I, I can't sit down, getting up and down is like an everything occurrence. So, you know, passing that bag, you know, happened a lot. But yeah, but uh, you know, they, they actually did research if you uh, put something down in front of someone that that smells good and looks good and, and is appetizing, even if they rate their hunger as zero, they're really, really likely to eat it anyway yeah just having it there in front of them of course I, it's just the way we're right we're wired put that stuff away put it away <laughs> absolutely uh one more topic i know you know i've taken up a ton of time and uh, i appreciate this conversation i feel like we could talk for uh for another hour but um you know one of the things this past year that i've been focusing on has been nose breathing so i'm curious if you do any nose breathing while you're um in the middle of all of these activities, because I found I was listening to Joe Rogan and he had Laird Hamilton on and he was talking about nose breathing and just the benefits of it. And, and so I've been doing a lot of marathons while nose breathing and, and doing a lot of rowing while nose breathing as to really not tax myself to the, to the same level as you do where you're taking kind of shorter breaths through your mouth. Um, so I'm curious if you if you train that way or if you do any of that. I do mess with it. It's, uh, I reserve it for when I'm trying to stay uh, aerobic or zone two. Yeah. And then, cause some, sometimes, you know, you get out, you're feeling good. You start going a little harder than maybe mm -hmm. you should that day. 
And I find it can be a helpful limiter to hold me back and, and manage my heart rate and keep my heart rate down when I'm trying to um, do lower heart rate stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good to practice. Um, I mean, it is, it's an amazing practice. Like nasal breathing is our primary normal breathing mm -hmm. pathway. You know, mouth breathing is for when we need to be more aggressive. So on a regular daily basis, like right now, you and I talking, when we're stopping, we don't hang like this with our mouths open. Yeah. Our mouths are closed. We're breathing through our nose unless we're cold and congested. Mm, exactly. <laughs> and when you start practicing the nasal breathing at, at first, I, I, don't, I don't know if you experienced this, but at first it's really hard super tough i remember trying to do it on the bike and i was like all right let me just try to get like a minute of nose breathing while i'm riding because i think you the natural tendency is to to pedal the way that you normally did while trying to incorporate the nose breathing and it's like okay well i realized that i needed to slow down on the way that i was pedaling incorporate the nose breathing and then i started to get faster yeah yeah and i actually noticed um, for me, just breathing through my nose, it was almost like, uh, it was restricted. Yes. And it takes a little like bit can't of take time like a, when you need yeah, it. Couldn't get, you know, a, a deep breath. It took time to figure out how to do that. And like your diaphragm actually gets a little bit stronger mm -hmm. and you, you get better dilated and your body actually starts to train and adapt to it. It was so interesting going through all of that. But yeah, I use it from time to time. I'll throw it in. Um, I was doing some hill running uh, two weeks ago mm. and I took one mile, uh, one mile of incline at the end of the first hour and then one mile of incline at the end of the second hour and uh, did those both only nose breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was tough because my heart rate was actually a little bit higher than when I normally nose breathe. So then, so, so then, it was tried, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really is a wild thing. But I remember him saying that there's monks that go into this, like in Tibet, they go into the forest where it's like 40 degrees. And part of their process is they have to dry three towels, uh, three soaking wet sheets on their body. And the thought of that, just from nose breathing, it just, it, it then opened up this like, okay, it's a powerful tool that obviously we're not necessarily using within ourselves. And so that's really when I was just like, okay, well, you know, if you have all these hunter and gatherers and used to go out for God knows how long to, to hunt and do all of these things, how do you, how do you continue to be able to do all of those things, not exert all of the energy that you need so that you can maintain and, and continue to do longer things which is really this part of the reason has got me thinking about doing all of these like okay i can push myself to do you know 100k row i can push myself to do a 24 hour row if i'm not operating at the pace of exhaustion i can keep this going for extended periods of time yeah nasal breathing is a really easy way to force yourself to slow down yeah um but I, I actually, I do a lot with my heart rate monitors and manage the heart rate that way, you know, to take a look down as, oh, I'm, 
I'm going a little too hard yeah. and actually yeah. pull back in the moment. Um, but yeah, breathing, like Wim Hof method, you know, you've got mm -hmm. nasal breathing and then there's, there's a few others as well. Um, but you can actually change your body temperature with the way that you breathe. Like there's some really, I haven't got that deep into it yet. And yeah, no, I'm sure really at some point, stuff. yeah, I'm sure at some point I'm going to, cause it's just kind of on the path. Right? Well, and I was watching before we wrap up, I know again, I've taken a ton of your time. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, good. I was, I was watching the eco challenge <clears throat> this year. Um, and I don't know if you ever saw it, where you saw that, where they, where they raced through Fiji and they were going through water. Yeah, I, I love like, it. I was like, I was thinking to myself, that has to be something on, 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 on your mind. Like, could I do that I, <laughs> with all of the stuff that you do? It's, it's, it's not a can I, but yeah, moment. do I want to it's do a, this? Yeah. Oh, I want to. It's I, uh, what would it take? Yeah. I remember saying to my son, I was just like, I could, I could see us getting into this because it's, it's a really like, it would be great. But as they were going through water, I was like, all of these people experiencing hypothermia and freezing and doing all of that really got me to thinking what I had heard before, right. With, nose breathing, maintaining this level of energy exertion, as well as being able to dry sheets, soaking wet sheets in 40 degree weather would allow you to build energy inside so that if you're in this water, you, you don't act like that is hot, like you can sustain, you can, you can, you can adapt. Your limbs will, you know, like your body does things and, and adjust but you have to keep that breath. If you get a shallow breath in cold water, you're, you're finished. There's no way to re recover from that. Have you gotten into cold water plunges yet? I, uh, so I haven't, I've, I've experimented and I've done some of the cold showers, but I did, uh, I did sign up to do one next year. Yeah. I, I, I committed to do one for, uh, for next year. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely be, be involved. Yeah. That is one of my favorites. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I know the scene that you're talking about in the uh, the eco challenge when they're in that freezing cold water. And the I don't think the hardest part for them would have been in the water. Right. When they get out of the water and the continued cold, mm -hmm. trying to breathe and, and warm back up and actually control and manage your body that way. Yeah. Ooh, that's got it had to be intense. But if you have a if you have a a, a practice a nose breathing practice and, and all of that, um, something like that's super beneficial. Yeah, I don't know what it would take to get to monk level yeah, body I mean, activation. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever find out. <laughs> but at least it's you know it's just it's it's some of those fun things really to uh, to just explore on this journey, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Excellent. Well, now, listen, Aaron, did you want to? Did you want to get more into, um, I don't know if we actually answered the question about nutrition on with the rowing and whatnot. Oh, or, sure. Yeah. Talking yeah, about yeah. Nutrition during, during endurance. Did you want to go back to that one? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, like I said, uh, during that nutrition part of the rowing two and a half marathons, I quickly realized how depleted I was and, and yeah, I so did. Tell everything. me what happened. Well, so 
you know, I've, I've, I've done a few different marathons. I've been rowing consistently for a while. And so I think that I got very comfortable with the fact that I can hop on a rower and do this. And so I didn't really focus. I wasn't mindful of my eating choices for the past month. Um, and I actually didn't row for two weeks prior to doing the 100K uh, row. So when I hopped on that rower, I decided I was like, this might take me a little while. So I decided to take a little nap and start at 1230 at night. So I was going off barely any sleep, poor nutrition and poor training. And so of course it took, you know, it took me 11 hours to do it, but that's when I was just like, okay, nutrition has to be a key element here so that one, I'm mindful of the energy that I'm exerting prior and then the energy that I'm going to exert while doing this because you know you, you're going to burn through 2,500 calories, 3,000 calories, whatever it's going to be during this, you know, or it was actually more than that, but uh, oh, yeah. a, a marathon would be about 2,500 calories because I think that if, when I do a half marathon, I probably burn like 1200 calories, 1300 calories. And so, yeah, I, I was probably more like six, 6,000 calories that I burned through that I was not prepared for. You know, I wasn't, I, I didn't think about it. I didn't anticipate it. And I really didn't, I did a poor job planning for it, but I finished it. And so, yeah. I was, you know, regardless, the, you know, doing a lot of these things, it isn't always physical. It's a lot of mental for me as well, knowing that it doesn't matter what is, is in front of me, I'll finish. I may suffer tremendously, but I'll finish. Um, and so that was where the thing was just like, well, I don't want to do that again. And I'm going to do this again. And I don't want to have to get off the rower and roll out my back every 2,500 you know, meters and use the massage gun and, you know, and then just be struggling with my calories. Yeah. Wow. That sounds, so what did you, what did you actually have for, uh, for food and, and salts and things like that? Uh, not a lot. I mean, I, I started to, uh, I know you're, you're looking at, <laughs> you're looking when at, did you like, start, when did you start eating? Um, I didn't start eating until probably like, I would say three, four AM, which was also a mistake. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know that already. <laughs> I know, you know, I know all of the wrong things that I, that I, <laughs> that I did with that, with that, with that whole process. Um, but, uh, but, and so that's really where I think that now, as I look at as a person who wants to continue to do these things, I've always operated off of a kind of estimating everything that I do. I've never been precise. Mm -hmm. But now doing all of these things, I have to be a lot more precise, knowing what I'm taking in, what I'm going to be exerting. Yeah, to some extent, I'd agree with that. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. There's still a lot of estimation involved, but sure. uh, and you'll notice you'll notice things change and evolve as you get more efficient, too, mm -hmm. um, and your needs will change. I, I guess the one thing I would suggest 
and, and this is for like any endurance athlete is and really anyone get fat adapted yeah i know this is like a huge hot topic right now and there's so many people that are that are super against it but like learning how to learning how to teach your body to run off of the fats as a backup is so protective against bonking Mm. that you can literally be, you could hit that two, three hour mark. And instead of feeling like you hit a wall, you would just lose some performance and go, Oh man, I'm there. Shoot. I messed up. Mm. And it's the, it's the difference between, you know, or it could be the difference between practically ending up in the hospital during an endurance event and just, oh, I need to eat some carbs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The, uh, yeah, that. And I didn't really have food planned out. Like, so I didn't have anything ready to go. I didn't have a meal ready. I didn't have a shake or anything that I was, yeah. it was really just, it was a, uh, it was a box of cereal. Food. Yeah. <laughs> shovel it in (laughs) where can i grab calories was basically (laughs) yeah hey hey, at that point that's exactly what's going to happen but and you know this is actually a good uh a good little segue um at the end of the day when you're hungry and craving something sweet right because that happens to so many people yeah it's the same thing as being in the middle of an endurance event and realizing, oh no, I need something. What happens? You end up just shoveling it in, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that happens during the day. So you go through your whole day, maybe don't eat enough during the day or something, get to the end of the day and suddenly it's like, oh, I got to shovel it in. And you end up overdoing it. Yeah. Did you, did you ever feel at a point when you started eating that like, oh, maybe that was a little too much? Um, yeah, a couple of times because I had, I had made like a, uh, normally every morning I make a shake for myself and it's loaded with, um, like a banana and, you know, pumpkin seeds and hemp seeds and some spinach and almond milk and all of, you know, an apple and all of those different things. So I had, I, I, I made one of those shakes and I had it next to me and I started drinking it, but I drank too much too soon and then I got on the rower and I was like oh my god this is gonna sit here for a little bit (laughs) yeah and that's the hardest thing with uh with the with endurance so you know you run into the issue where you can actually only absorb so much yeah in a given period of time and everybody's a little bit different um but you can only absorb so much so if you've got to that point where you don't have enough and you're putting it in, you're, there's like this consistent feeling where you need more energy, but you can't actually you can't take get any it. more in. Yeah. So if you keep putting it in, it just feels like it's sitting in your gut. And mm-hmm. then if you weren't taking it in and you allowed your stomach to empty, and this is the worst, because it's it slows absorption even more, but because you're working so hard, you're uh your body constricts the blood vessels around the stomach Mm. and pushes blood into all of the muscles that are 
being active because that's yeah. where it's needed. They need to be oxygenated. So now you have a less active stomach that won't absorb and move nutrients for you. Uh, and so yeah. you end up with this kind of um, rein, like negative reinforcing cycle of yeah. I need nutrition, but I can't get nutrition and I'm still working. <laughs> It's the bad place to be. And, you know, so, yeah. of, uh, I, uh, I had trained and I've done a few different like half marathons um, while fasting. And so I was trying to kind of get used to being able to, you know, kind of do these different things without losing performance, things, things along those lines. Uh, but yeah, when you get into a bigger event and, and, and all of those different things, I, I uh, quickly realized that how, uh, uh, I need to focus a little bit differently. Yeah, and you'll notice too, it matters how hard you're going. Because when you do anything up to about two hours, mm -hmm. you could do completely fasted and yeah. still perform. Like you can get a little bit of enhanced performance out of some, some nutrition during or, or just before, but you can still push mm -hmm. the gas pedal if you were eating well in the days leading in. Um, but in the, uh, longer events, when it starts carrying out, if you didn't start early, that's when you start hitting that wall. Now, if your heart rate is elevated and you're working, you know, above your aerobic threshold and somewhere near that lactate threshold. So this, you know, you're going more aggressively. Yeah. Um, that is that's where you'll run out of energy sooner because it's a sugar dominant or carbohydrate dominant um, energy system. Yeah. And, but if you pull back and this, it almost happens naturally to people where they're going, they're going, they're going, and then they, they start to pull they back start to slow. and start to slow down. But if you also watch the heart rate slowing down and if the muscles are still conditioned well enough to be going, but you're slowing down, it's a fuel thing. Mm. And yeah. when you start dropping below um, your aerobic zone and you get down into you know zone two um, heart rates, those lower heart rates, which for a lot of people, it's like 120s, 130s-ish, yeah. um, that is where you're primarily working off of fats. Mm, gotcha. So the percentages lean heavier toward burning fat for fuel than it does uh, burning carbohydrate. Mm. And so that's why you can actually keep going at a sustained level if you didn't burn through all of your carb stores. Yeah. <laughs> and if you stay down there, your carb stores actually last a lot longer. Yeah. So I took a, um, like you, I was testing some things and I decided this past year I was eating every other day mm. and I wanted to do a really long day, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do a really long day on a fasted day. And so I ate all my calories on a Wednesday and then Thursday, I'm not supposed to eat, but I went and did a half Ironman around here. 
<laughs> just set it up myself and went and did it near the house. And I was only allowed to drink uh, salted water. Okay. So I was taking in salt, but no uh, calories. Yeah. And literally finished a half Ironman with no nutrition whatsoever, except for the salt. And then afterwards, didn't eat. So no, you know, recovery nutrition. Waited until the next day because it was an every other day schedule. That was mm. hard. Yeah, I can imagine. But managing the heart rate and pulling that back was key to everything. Being able to actually um, bike and run at the lower heart rates and, and just kind mm -hmm. of cruise and not pay attention and not feel like I had to, you know, I'm not going to PR today. I'm just going to cruise in this place in zone, where it's yeah. mostly fat. And, and see how my body reacts to that. And it kept going. <laughs> so it was no. very, that was exciting. No, did you, did you eat differently a little before? Did you, and then how did you, how did you eat afterwards? For that particular one? Yeah. No, it's exactly the same. Okay. It, it, that day was all about managing heart rate and salt. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, the, and that's the, the you know, and that's the fun thing about all of this is that <clears throat> the body's capable of so much stuff, but we just we don't really kind of push some of these different boundaries. And that's just that's the fun part about things now is that you know I know that fitness is always going to be a part and exercise is always going to be a part of my life, but I can always find different ways to kind of test and push a boundary for myself that um is fun to explore like and that's the thing i've made myself so uncomfortable in so many different places that i know that that place of uncomfortableness one is only it's fleeting it's only for a short period of time um and then i get to do something that i've never done before and it's also super oh, important true. that discomfort that like that little bit of challenge that's what moves you in a new direction. Mm -hmm. and it, it's not having to crush yourself. It's just being challenged. Yeah. 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 Perfect. I, I, it's, I love the way that you uh, just talked about the body. It, it immediately made me think about, uh, it's kind of like we're all kids with a Swiss army knife for the first time and discovering new tools and how to use wow, there's body, a corkscrew. Right? Like, <laughs> I never knew my body could do that. <laughs> but I, it's, yeah, so it's true. constantly that feeling. And, you know, I never would have guessed this for myself six years ago when I started on this, you know, being the healthiest person that I could be to be, you know, rowing like I am. I wasn't even thinking about this while I was doing CrossFit until, you know, COVID struck and, you know, my wife and I found a new morning routine of, meditation and some of these other things that I've been wanting to bring into my life and I found a, a new place to put it. Um, but then we got a rower because, you know, we needed something to do here at the house. And from that rower developed this whole passion of like, let me see what I can do on this rower. Like, and the amazing thing about rowing is that I feel strong just from the amount of miles that I put on a rower. Um, because it is, a, you know, I mean, it's all encompassing. It's a, it's like a burpee, it, you know, I mean, you hit all of the different 
muscle groups and you use your legs and your core tremendously. Um, and so it's, it's been an amazing adventure just using the rower and having that kind of be this little identity for myself right now. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. I love it. I love that story. And who knows where it's going to go from here, but right now it's the rover and you know, that's it. Yeah. It's a big game of discovery. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's a fun game though. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Having a blast with it. <laughs> Excellent. So how much, how much have you taken uh, to cooking now that, um, you know, nutrition is a little bit more at the forefront. Yeah, so for it's always, so, you know, I mean, I don't do a ton of variety, you know, like I said, it's, it's primarily plant-based and it's a lot of rice and beans and vegetables and, and, and yeah, avocados, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> avocado all day. <laughs> There's probably eight or that's nine awesome. in the fridge right now, you know? That's uh, awesome. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of nutrition and basically after doing that, um, was my realization that uh, nutrition needs to be a, a larger, you know, kind of part. I did this, I did this study uh, at Springfield College where you went into this tank and, it, you know, it measured all of these different, you know, kind of things. And so I've got a lot of good understanding of what, like, my baseline nutrition is and where I should just at least start with my calories for the day. And so, was it like a bot pod? Yeah, yeah, it was a bot pod. Those are so much fun. It was crazy, but it was, it was, I mean, it's just, it's, it was such great information to get. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was more accessible. Mm. It'd be nice for people to be able to just like jump in a pod and, and get that information and understand where they're at mm -hmm. and then be able to, you know, choose a direction. Yeah. So, so that's really where my thought is, is now on calories is, uh, is, you know, my wife has always been, a, she's a stickler. She's like, okay, if these are the rules and this is what I have to do, then this is, this is what I do. And so if I'm allowed, 50, I've got to figure out 1500 calories and go from here or 1800, whatever it was. Um, and I was just like, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. <laughs> now I understand that I need to make that kind of time. And it's just, yeah. uh, you know, so I've gotten away with being very loose with my calories because I'm not concerned about looking a certain way. I'm just concerned about how I feel. And, but now it's affecting some of the things that I do. So how do I, how do I just get a little handle on that? Beautiful, beautiful. It's, it's funny. I, I always say uh, the best, the best reason to count calories is because you need enough. Mm. Well, that's it. There's a there's a lot of people that just don't eat enough stuff, mm -hmm. and it's it's like we all we can all get our hands on plenty of uh, processed foods for sure, mm -hmm. and overeat calories super easy. But we don't eat enough stuff, and when people do start eating enough of the the you know wholesome stuff, it's actually a little bit harder to crush mm. calories. Yeah, it totally. <laughs> and, yeah. And then you kind of get into a habit. Let's say you're losing weight, you get into a habit and you lose weight, you lose weight, and then you stop losing weight, but you still have that habit of eating light, but you no longer have the body fat yeah. to support it. So now you have to eat more, but that's a whole other ball game, you know? Such a, and yeah. that, that 
is the harder one to figure out because now that you have goals on the rower like you'll you'll have to eat more and more consistently and of course when you do the longer events like plan it out to start when you start rowing <laughs> instead of two hours in. <laughs> yeah, yeah goes back to that self-reflection piece right <laughs> exactly exactly and you know and it, and it really is kind of crazy um it really just comes down to needing it for what I, for what I want. And when I, when I go off on a, on a weekend binge of just eating whatever I want and doing all of those things, I enjoy it while I'm in the moment. And it's a cognizant choice that I'm going to, you know, eat this way this weekend, but you get used to eating this other healthy way. And it's amazing how, when you start to kind of vary my body craves kind of going back. It's like enough. What do you do to yourself? Like give yourself some vegetables and some rice and like it just, it all, it, it feels good to, to be like, oh, I missed this meal. But yeah, I never would have thought way. that way, you know, six years ago, because I was never really focused on what I was eating or any of that. Yeah, I, I get the same thing. I feel the same way. And a lot of the people that I work with, after a few months, they're like, what are you doing to me? This is crazy. Why do I crave <laughs> these foods? It's so weird. Well, because your body enjoy your body, you start to enjoy the way that you feel from not eating yeah. all of that stuff. Like, you know, and it's just, it's not, uh, it's not great stuff to, to, to produce, um, you know, something for you to eat. You know, there's a lot of things that go in it that we don't know. We don't, we just don't need a lot of it. So. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I'm there with you. <laughs> awesome. Listen, Aaron, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, I appreciate all of your time that uh, all of the knowledge that you shared and it's been uh, a fantastic conversation. I would love to, you know, uh, continue our conversations in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I had a blast. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Thanks, man. I'll, Until uh, next just... time.